Thrones podcast. We are Take the Black, and we are excited to be here. We have a special guest tonight, and I want to introduce him to you. You've read his articles. You've seen his work. Guys, let me introduce you to the editor-in-chief of Winter is Coming, Dan. Dan, say hello to everybody out there. Hi, everybody. I'm Dan Selke. Uh, glad to be here. I'm at Winter is Coming. Thanks for the David. Thanks. So, yeah, d- is there any – do you have a Twitter account you want people to follow you on, stalk you maybe? Uh, I do. I haven't tweeted on it, I think, in like a year <laughs> and a half, so don't bother. I think it's Dan Selke. Okay. But uh, follow Winter is Coming. Yeah, follow when it's coming. That's always a good thing. And then let me introduce you to my two regular co-hosts, the the always wonderful, the Sand Snake herself, Isis Melton. How are you doing tonight, Isis? Hey, guys. It's good. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at I-J-A-M-E-L-T-O-N, or you can find me on uh, my blog. It's uh, superhero-omightyisis uh, on Tumblr. Uh, or you can find me most of the time on, you know, the Twitter uh, live tweeting last night's episode. So, Isis will interact with you Sunday nights live tweeting alongside me because I'm I've been doing the winners coming live tweeting. So it's been kind of fun for us on Sunday nights. Uh, finally, we have the anchor of our of our podcast, the the guy who keeps us all regular, kind of like Brand <laughs> Brand Flakes. Uh, Luke, how are you doing tonight, brother? Doing good, man. I I see or I can hear in your voice that you're really excited to be here. Uh, is that super, true? Super excited. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Oh my god, I'm so happy that that I can tell that you're that happy. Let's get right into the episode. Um, I I think, in my personal opinion, this was probably one of the better episodes of the season. Not because it didn't have any uh, rape in it, but that it uh. It just was a better episode all, uh, all in all. Some storylines got moved along a little bit, and my god, we had the introduction of Daenerys Targaryen and Tyrion Lannister, and the internet did not break. Uh, Dan, since you're a guest, I want to ask you, what's your first thoughts right at the top of your head of how last night went? Really well. I mean, I agree with you. It definitely benefited a lot from some forward momentum, because the Hill of Christ has the season for moving too slowly this year, which I think it had to do, because it had a lot to deal with from the fallout from last year. But this season paid off the Cersei plot, I thought, really nicely. It paid off uh, Tyrion meeting Daenerys. So there was actually some real, honest-to-God, forward momentum that really kind of pepped it up. And I, I do think it, it went down smooth and easy and fun. I agree. And Isis, I don't know about you, but how satisfactory was it to see, actually to hear... Cersei, like, complaining and screaming all the way to her cell, and then just get tossed to the ground. It was, it was the, I think, the night that we have all been really waiting for. You know, that here, and and I'm not a book reader, I'm an unsullied, so I, if if this is in the books, I didn't know it. Uh, So this was a lot of payoff for me, because I I didn't (laughs) know it was coming, so it was really fun to see this, you know, stoic, you know, look like some kind of, like, nun or something. She was dressed in her kind of habit look, and, uh, and then to stand there, and not to be afraid and cowering. Uh, in front of Cersei, I thought it was wonderful. I mean, I wish you'd have gotten some cheap shots in there, but it was okay. I, I'm hoping that's gonna that's to come. Well, yeah, Septa. I'm pretty sure, and I'm not sure, Dan. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that Septa Unella, uh, and we will definitely see her and her two other sisters uh, of the faith. Much more to come with Cersei in her cell. 
Uh, Luke, what was your what were your thoughts and opinions of the episode last night? That's easily the best episode of the season for me. We had the uh, hottest boobs that we've had to to date <laughs> for the season. Wait, um, wait, wait! Are you going to say those are hotter than Melisandre's boobs? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ooh, and, and it may right, just be—it may just be the lack of uh, boobage up until this point. Like I might be confused, uh, but yeah, I man, I mean, you saw what it did to Bran, <laughs> Ron, yeah, whatever. It, it definitely got the poison working. <laughs> yeah, um, and then you had the whole uh, uh, Tyrion, you know, running out, and Sir Friendzone got. When when he revealed himself, he was all like, "Hey, look at me!" And she was all like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> Sir like, friends, Sir friend zone is perpetually in the friend zone. He never gets out of the friend zone. It was great. He went on straight murked eight guys like in hand to hand combat. She was got all excited for a minute, and then he took off his head, and just the look of disappointment. <laughs> It was great. It was it was, uh, it was really like, good. Oh, episode. it was you. Crap. Oh, and he's dying of grayscale. Just can't win that guy. I know, right? Like that's like the worst. Like I was gonna ask you this, Dan. Like, did you expect him to come out and kick as much ass, and then for her to just like, be like, eh? <laughs> um, eh. I wasn't sure because uh, this isn't a spoiler. They have not met back up in the books, so right. we're at the point where I don't know what's happening. I didn't know how she'd react. Um, I can buy that though. She hasn't forgiven him, so it made sense that she would. And it was hilarious that she just kind of after all that effort he put in, still nothing. <laughs> I mean, he killed everybody in that ring, and like he bashed some dude with his own helmet. Only it, it was interesting that it, like he didn't kill anybody. He just hit them a lot. Like, they were all murdering each other. He seemed to take care to just injure. I don't know if, like, that's because he figured she would like that, or just he's a fluffy puppy dog and didn't want to hurt anybody to death, but he definitely took care just not to inflict any mortal wounds. That's actually a good point. I, I was watching it again right before we got onto the podcast tonight, and I, I was like, why didn't he bring his sword out there with him? Like, dude, you're going into a gladiator ring, and you're just going to take your helmet? I guess he had a plan. I, I really don't know. But uh, let's get back to some other storylines that were really uh, kind of pushed this episode and made it really more interesting than it was it's been in the past couple episodes. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, and Isis, I want to get your opinion on this. What did you think about uh, the, the Sansa and, and Ramsey story at Winterfell, especially after the horrible ending we had last episode? But let me – what I'm specifically asking – were you prepared for his wedding gift to her? I was prepared. As soon as I saw that Reek was not going, and I'm going to call him Reek from now on until he <laughs> like gets his shit together. So, um, so yeah, I did not expect that, to be honest. I really thought he was going to be setting a trap for, you know, uh, Pod and uh, and Brienne. So I, I was really, really worried that that's who was going to show up, was them. And uh, and so, you know, I was I, I hated it for the old lady, but I kind of went, mm, well, at least it's not Pod and Brienne, so I'm good. Uh, they, there's still a chance for Sansa to get out of this mess. But uh, I was hoping that Reek wasn't going to do that, but I, I had a feeling that he was going to turn 
you know, go ahead and tell Ramsey. I mean, he's an, he is a victim of abuse and, and he's going to do what he has been told to do so many times. So I can't really fault him for doing what he did. I mean, I hate it, but yeah. I saw it coming, you know. Speaking, speaking of Luke's favorite character, uh, Brienne standing there waiting for the, the candle to be lit in the tower. Uh, Luke, she's very close to Winterfell. Like, What's going on with Brienne? Do you think she's waiting for that candle to be lit, or is she going to start creeping towards the, the walls of Winterfell and get in? Well, it, she was smart about it because she was out there standing and waiting on it, like because mm-hmm. with those like 40-mile-an-hour winds that are gusting around <laughs> the outside of that tower, the candle, if it's even able to be lit, is going to be lit for all of a second. So it's just going to be like a flicker. Um, and I think that uh, I think that she understands how stupid the idea is now, <laughs> and so she's like, "Shit, the the wind. There's wind around here. It's going to blow it out. So I need to like watch that window twenty four seven. Basically, it's going to be a candle in the wind. Is what mm-hmm. you're saying? Yes. Mm, okay. Somebody got that. I heard somebody say something. No, I got, right, I got so. it. I got it. I just did. <laughs> we all got it. Wasn't really fun. Yeah. We all got yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. We. God all got damn it. you all. Okay. So yeah. So. Let me ask you this, Dan. We we kind of talked about it a little bit today, uh, going through our work day of working for Winter is Coming. What was that weapon that uh, Sansa picked up off the barrel? Oh, I don't know. Some common some commentators have like identified it. It's some kind of like antiquated corkscrew that's like, right. used to open casks or something. But uh, mm-hmm. I didn't find out what the actual name of it is. I, I can totally, I can totally see her driving that up through the fleshy part of his neck. Like that's, I, I have a feeling that this, and this is how it's going to play out. He's going to come in for some sexy time, and she's gonna that, that's going straight up through his jawbone, is what I think. I mean, his carotid artery is about to bleed out. I that's, don't, I don't see, I don't see Ramsey making it very much longer. That's some exactly. risky business, though. I mean, she's bringing like. If he hasn't already introduced weapons into the bedroom, now she's going to. And if uh, if that doesn't work out exactly the way that she wants it to, I think she's just kind of up the level a little bit on herself, and that's gonna that's gonna suck. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's possible. No, she go ahead. To, like, to pick a lock or something. I just I just want to tell everybody out there listening that it's a, a barrel auger. A barrel auger. Yes. Dan Dan has clarified this for us, everybody. According to auger. our commenters, it's going to be consensus that it's a barrel auger. So let's refer to it as that from now on. <laughs> I will call it that, the barrel auger. She's going to barrel aug the shit out of Ramsey. Yeah. Isis, um, what did you think of going from the end of last week's episode to seeing Sansa bruised and, like, just traumatized. What what were your thoughts on that whole situation? You know, it was it was it, it's hard to watch any you know woman even just on TV you know on a TV show to to, to and especially her telling Ramsey that he comes to my bed every night and and he rapes her every night and uh, I mean luckily he's lucky. I hate to say this. She's lucky that's all he's done because we have seen what he is he is capable of. Uh, right. But yeah, it's absolutely hard to hear her say that and, and begging somebody for uh, for help. Uh, I'm just hoping that Stannis gets his ass up to Winterfell already because 
Um, I'm not sure, you know, how much more Sansa can take this. I mean, I think if it lasts any longer, she might off either she's going to kill Ramsay or she's going to kill herself. One of the two. So that's actually a really good point. Yeah, I just don't think I don't see her. And I'm like, I'm not saying that she's weak. I'm just saying that any amount of time that you're in that type of brutality and, and you know, I mean, you, you just have two two things you can do. You can try to get away by, you know killing the other person to get away or you can kill yourself one of the two so uh, i'm really hoping that that uh, stannis uh can go ahead and and push on forward because he's, he's already said that he's pushing forward he, there's no going back so no, yeah and i definitely want to get to stannis but i want to i want to hit on a point you just made i in no way think that sansa is weak because as you all saw she is already playing the mind games with Ramsay. She called him a bastard. And for Luke and Isis, who've not read the books, but for Dan, who has, we know what calling Ramsay a bastard does. Like, he hates that word, doesn't he, Dan? Yes. I'm, I'm going to say, I don't really recall that much, but I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, he, like, in fact, Ramsay uses the word bastard in a letter to John, mm-hmm. and he uses it as a derogatory uh, a word, like, Bastard is not a good word to Ramsay, and so when he was called when when Sansa not only called Ramsay a bastard, then she also called Joffrey uh, Tommen a bastard. I was like, oh my god, he's going to do something horrible to her. But I think she sufficiently got into his head. Like I really think she worked him this episode, and I don't think Sansa is the weak the weakling that we all think she is that she's being played to be. I really think she's got a mind game that she's slowly working, and maybe the tutelage of Littlefinger is starting to pay off. We'll see, uh, hopefully, in the next – well, we only have, what, three episodes left, so it's got to happen pretty quick. Um, getting back to Stannis, Isis, I'm, br- I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I don't know about you, Isis, because I know you and I kind of have the same reactions. We, we both yell at our TV. Uh, I was yelling at the TV like – Get your hands off Shireen, Melisandre. Like, yeah. don't you dare touch Shireen. Yeah, I, like, how did I don't you feel know about what. That? I don't know. Well, if you if you look at my Twitter feed, I I was yelling at my TV as well. I was like, look, hands off the you know the kid. Um, I was. I mean, it was kind of funny because like last week we had talked about what why hasn't Stannis had sex with Melisandre again and had like more ghost babies, and like he like made a pass at her, you know, and she was like. Mm, yeah, she wasn't feeling it at all. And uh, but she then she mentions, you know, his daughter, uh, Stannis's daughter. And I was just like, yo, wait, wait a minute. Where, what are you, where's this coming from, lady? And uh, I just I mean, really, really made me feel, un- you know, uncomfortable. Anything having to do with kids, it really makes me feel uncomfortable. And uh, I really don't know what she has planned. But I think that if she does anything, that Stannis would kill her no matter what. No matter well, what. Luke, I've got to ask you about this. Uh, don't you feel like they've kind of um, been foreshadowing this for a while now? No. I mean – You don't? Really? As, as a show watcher only, you don't feel like they've been setting this up? To kill, to kill his daughter? Well, how much how – much, okay, think about this. Here's my question to you is how many times did you see her from season one to, to the end of season four? And now she's in just about every episode of season five. They've talked about her grayscale. Her mom's been a bitch to her. Uh, the fact that she's riding to battle with um, Davos and, and, and Stannis. Like, I feel yeah. like we're being set up for something. I thought 
that I thought that it was going to be set up so, like from the uh, from the beginning where the mom uh, thinks that she's some sort of curse or something that it's going to try to kill her. And then because, I mean, she's always like had this like really weird, creepy relationship with her. Um, so I th- well, she does. She this is the same woman who pickles her her uh, feet, her aborted fetuses or whatever. They right. Are, so. Right. So, I mean, I I had thought that her function was basically to be there just to show how insane uh, Stannis's wife was. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess if she's going to be now, um, I mean, this could be the plot point where it's like you have to kill your kid or you're not going to win the battle. And that's why we've had all this like lovey-dovey stuff between <laughs> lovey-dovey in air quotes um, <laughs> between the two of them to sort of set that up. I, I guess I could see that. Well, well, Dan, let me ask you this because uh, this whole Shireen thing, you and I as book readers, we're getting into uncharted territory, exactly. and and so we're kind of we're 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 kind of unsullied in the same sense as Luke and Luke and Isis. Right. And this is what this is the question I'm asking. Uh, I've seen the foreshadowing on the wall. Like uh, it's been written out in big letters. Like I don't feel like Shireen is is long for this world. How do you feel as a book reader who is basically unsullied at this point? I agree with you that it's definitely been foreshadowed. I mean, just the pure fact that they've made her extra super adorable this season. That should raise a red flag. It should. That that should tell you something bad's going to happen to her. I don't think she's doomed. I'm – I can see it going either way. That's what's making it exciting for me right now. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. They're definitely setting it up. But, you know, Stannis does seem to like her a lot. I don't know if he would actually go so far as to murder his own child and if Melisandre tries to do it without him. It would be horrible for this to happen, and I think the only way that I could possibly see it working out is that um, Salise, the mom, goes crazy, goes bonkers, jumps a shark. Well, she's already jumped the shark, let's just say that, but like it really jumps the shark, offers up Shireen while Stannis is not around, and then Stannis comes back and finds out that she's gone. Like that's that's the only way I could see. It. I just don't see, especially after that moment where where he got the, like the only hug he's ever received in his entire <laughs> life from from Shireen. So like I just don't see that happening. But from him for him to allow it to happen. But um, speaking of 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 burning and, and deaths, we said goodbye to an old friend last night, Maester Eamon. And I, I kind of saw this was coming, the deviations from the books, but it was kind of sad to say goodbye to the old man. And uh, Luke, let me ask you, what did you have? Did you have anything? Were you invested in the Maester Aemon? Did you know enough about him? I know you talked about you. You weren't even sure what his last name was last time we talked about him. But I mean, how how did you feel about him him going? Yeah. I don't really know that he – I wasn't that attached to him um, actually at all. In fact, I, I'm trying to think back of like if he played any sort of major role in any of the plot lines, and I can't really think of any other than the whole like you know uh, appointing Jon Snow uh, uh, Lord Commander. Um, but like other other than that, this you know this season feels like this has been his biggest. Uh, as far as like being on screen and stuff, I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah, honestly, I didn't care. I mean, I th- have- I feel like uh, I feel like Sam now is 
like set up to become, you know, the scholar dude now up there at the uh, Castle Black, but the thing the thing for Sam is for him to become a maester, he's got to leave Castle Black, and I'm not sure if that's where they're headed. If because I don't know if you guys caught this, Isis, I'm going to ask you this question: Did you catch Eamon's last words? Not not before the "I dreamed I was old," which oh my god, was a beautiful nod to book readers. He says that in the books: "I dreamed I was old." Um, but he said, you must go south before it's too late. He told Gilly that. Gilly Flower, you must go south. Did you catch that part, Isis? Yes, I did, and and she does need to go south. She needs to go south as quickly as possible because it is not safe for her where she is right now. Uh, that was very evident in what happened uh, between um, her, Sam and her when they were, I guess, in the dining hall. I guess that's what you would call it or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, and some of the guys were getting a little handsy and rough. And th- thankfully, you know, Sam, he's so... He's like that little little. He's like the um, big hero six. That what was that the um, the, the white the the an, the machine. What's his Baymax. name? Yeah, yeah. Baymax. Baymax. Yeah, he's like a he's yeah. like a big old Baymax, and uh, that's the best way I can describe him. He's Baymax, and so you know he was he, and he stood back up even after they kicked him in the head and they did all these things for him and everything. But she absolutely needs to get out there, uh, get out of there. I'm not gonna lie, his death, the mace death while i'm sure it was sad for like book readers as a tv watcher i was like okay well he died and i really was hoping that he was going to give some type of deathbed confession i think that would have made that moment even cooler what kind of confession like i wanted him i wanted him to say that Jon snow was <laughs> like that's what I wanted. Like I'm yeah. like I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there at the edge of my seat and say I'm like say it, Jon Snow. Come on. I'm like just say it already. We already know it. And um and he didn't and that was so disappointing. So because it didn't happen, I was like, oh fuck it, he's dead. Whatever. And I didn't care. Dan, I, she brings up a good point, Dan. Uh, I kind of thought that he was gonna bring up the whole um. The whole dragon thing he says on the boats to Old Town, where he says right. that he got it wrong. I mean, they haven't really focused a lot on the whole savior prophecy angle on the show, so I don't think it's really, I, I need for him to bring that stuff up. I thought it was right. bad, but maybe I'm just being covered by my uh, book reader perspective. I, it was, I mean, yeah, I we knew he was going to die because a couple episodes ago they were like in the meeting hall, and John's like, "Where's Mr. Raymond?" Sam's like, "Oh, he's sick." And if you ever mention you're sick in a movie or TV show, you're dead. You're so dead. Especially, especially on Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys should be happy that he just sort of died. <laughs> like this. Yeah. It, of all of the ways that he could have died, <laughs> he just sort of died. I think this is the first time it's happened. So, yeah, yeah, the first, first natural death, I think, on screen in the series. Yeah, exactly. They talked about that, and then we had a bunch of commenters talking about it on Winter's Coming, and was like, "Well, didn't Hoster Tully die? Well, that wasn't natural causes. He had cancer, I believe. So it wasn't on screen. It wasn't on screen. And then uh, everybody's like, well, how about Old Nan? Well, Old Nan didn't die on screen. Her, the actress that played Old Nan died between seasons one and two, I believe. But she didn't die on screen, and I think it's it's led to believe that she's still at in the books. I think it's led to believe she's still alive at the Dreadford. So. Uh, yeah, this is the first natural death on screen, and the actor that played uh, Maester Eamon is actually 91 years old in real life, so, I mean, the dude is uh, still 
Still got the acting chops at such a great age. Um, and, uh, and now his watch has ended. So, but here's my biggest problem, and I guess it, it worked out for last night, but when John left the wall, I kept going, how come Ghost isn't riding beside him? Like, where the hell is Ghost? And then, of course, he pops up and saves the day. But Dan, is that kind of uh, is, is that is that kind of plot holeish to have Ghost at the wall while John's off ranging? It's not plot holeish. I was thinking like maybe he's going by boat and Ghost gets boat sick. I, I really don't know. <laughs> it does seem stupid that he wouldn't take Ghost, but maybe he left them because he knew that people are up in arms against him. One of the person on his side. Um. It would be hilarious if next episode they just forget they left Ghost at Castle Black and he's with John anyway. <laughs> I would love that scene. I was kind of hoping, and and this is what makes me enjoy watching Game of Thrones with my un, my wife who is unsullied for the show. She says, she says, maybe maybe John will whisper in his ear, "I left you a present. That's the gift." Like she, you know, because I was talking oh, to her about like. Game, Game of Thrones has like multiple meanings for their ti- titles, like the gift. Everybody's got different gifts, and she's like, "Well, maybe maybe Jon Snow's gift to Sam is that he's leaving Ghost behind." And I was like, "Oh my God, you're so smart!" But then I started thinking about it, and I got really mad. But um, yeah, that so wasn't Ghost- the real gift in this episode. I'm just saying that right now, okay? The real what, gift what it first of the real gift was the real gift for this episode. There was two. Okay, I'm gonna say it. There were two gifts in this episode: Sam getting bo- some booty. Let's just be honest. That was the real gift for for Sam. He got some booty. And then okay. the second gift was the fact that Braun didn't die. Those those were the two main gifts for me of this episode. And I would I would counter that with yes, Sam got some booty and we got to see some an excellent pair of sand snake breasts. Yes, well, there you very go. excellent. And and for for the record, Sam earned that. That wasn't a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Sam has been working that anger. Sam has been killing White Walkers for this chick, and now she finally gives it up, like because because he got his ass kicked in front of him and had to get rescued by somebody's pet dog. Look, it's the simple things for chicks, okay? It's the simple yeah. things. It really is. It's it's the simple things. You go and take an ass whooping for a girl, and yeah, she's she. That's you know, what does it for you. I, I, for some girls, I'm not saying all chicks. I'm just saying for okay. some girls, maybe just the in, inbred ones. I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> that's so mean. It's not her fault. No, it's Sam's I'm I'm not implying that it was her fault. I'm just saying that she is inbred. So. <laughs> Speaking speaking of inbreeding, how how do you guys think uh, Cersei's manipulation of Tommen like that is starting to really work me? Like I'm really getting on my nerves. Dan, let me ask you this: um, We saw Tommen get like basically he was a huge pussy last episode, and then right. this episode he's on a hunger strike. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's like. I know what he wants. He wants sexy time again. He wants Marjorie back. But, like, is he going about it, like, the op- absolute worst way? I think he's clueless. I mean, I, I thought it was funny slash tragic that he, he, he like, had a drafting flash for a second. He's like, I will kill them all Yeah. get Marjorie out, which is like, Joffy would do that. That's good. Take picture of the Brothers book. Um, I think he's clueless and young and kind of not that bright. And just going about it how he thinks is best. 
he doesn't stand a chance. Cersei's there. She'll tell him, like, oh, yeah, I'll go talk to him for you. We, we all know she's lying. He doesn't know she's lying. I didn't think she was manipulating him, though, when she gave the talk about um, how she would die for him and how she loves you know everything else in the world. But when she was saying that, all I could imagine was uh, in season two, the Battle of Blackwater, mm-hmm. where uh, she's ready to poison him as soon as Thanos comes breaking through. Oh, me water. too. I mean, I think is her, her, her love is sincere, but she expresses it in just horrible, horrible, horrible dysfunctional ways. Terrible ways. She, she, she does love him. I believe that. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can see that. Uh, Isis, you're, you talked about how t- a guy taking an ass whooping for you is, uh, is good enough to, to get you some, but is, is causing an all-out war enough? Like, would you think that's enough to bring Marjorie back into his bed? I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, for me, I think at this point, Marjorie, she needs Tommen to get, of course, to get her out. But by killing him, it's not going to do her any favors because somebody else is just going to go ahead and step in. So she has to keep him alive. But I don't think he'll be getting any booty in the near future. No, no I, I think I think he'll be hand, five finger in that one. <laughs> what sucks about uh, about this situation now is like now that. Um, now that his mom has been taken prisoner, even if he starts the war and frees everybody, he's still not getting any because she's going to say, when I was there, no war started. Mommy gets taken prisoner, and now oh. you start the war. So, oh. yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's out of luck. But I, I am interested to see how he handles it because now his chief advisor is not going to be there. So, how you know, what is he going to do? Yeah, Cersei's sitting in a cell right now, unceremoniously thrown down by the big, huge, hulking scepter that could probably play mm-hmm. middle linebacker for the New York Jets. So, you, yeah, well, I, should, and probably should. Uh, I think what's going to end up happening is uh, Littlefinger's going to step in. Either that or it's going to be Lady Olena, which I will take both equally. I would enjoy both of them uh, taking uh, the position of kind of guiding Tommen on what to do. Because if it – but you. But if you see if it's if it's Littlefinger, he's probably going to say, "Nah, we're not going to go in." If it's Olena, she's going to be like, "Yeah, we're going in." So, let's not forget that Pycelle is out there too, and he hasn't been coming up recently. But I think he could step up and try that now that Cersei's out of the way. He doesn't have anybody blocking his fairly reasonable policies, so he could probably step up and give some advice. That's true. That's true. Pycelle, we saw him like once, right at the at the small couple of times, of like, yeah. Yambering him over himself. Uh, we haven't seen, you know, what we haven't seen in a long time is Kyburn and his, his no, we Franken, his Franken monster down in the bottom of the of the pits of uh, the the Red Keep. So I have to say, I'm, I've lost interest. See, thank you. I was going to ask that question. I've lost As interest. a show watcher, do you even care anymore? Nope, don't even care. I really, really can care less. I care less about that than I do about the sand sand snakes at this point, and that's just because I've seen the sand snakes more often. So. I can care less. I really can. Luke, do you is do you feel the same way? Do you did you even remember there was a Franken monster down there? Um every time he's on screen I kind of go, "Oh yeah, that's a thing." But this uh, this season man has been so draining with just like absolutely nothing happening. Um so I'm like I'm not I'm not worried about it. But I will say that my interest in the sand snakes has been uh, vigorously <laughs> renewed. So I'm all about that plot line now. That's probably one of my favorites. That's fair. 
I, I can see that. And, and and honestly, I feel better about the Sand Snakes after this past episode. <laughs> yeah, they're just such dudes, I swear. I just oh, feel like their character development but... character development's taking a real turn in a direction that I'm hoping it keeps going. <laughs> so we'll see how it excellent act excellent acting. Uh let me I, this is coming from the same woman who renames Dario Noharis to Dario Nohaini. Like you you have nothing to say here. Oh, which we did get a little bit of Dario, <laughs> jealous Dario, uh, and which I did enjoy. Like he was kind of jealous of the fact that that uh, that Danny was getting married, and and he was kind of, I mean, you know, he was trying to play it off, like trying to be cool and stuff like that. But he he told her, you know, like yeah, it, it does bother me, and I I freaking dug that about him. I mean, I, I really appreciate a man who says, you know, you know, I'm, I understand the arrangement that we have going on here and everything, but I thought this was exclusive. You know, this is just us. <laughs> and so. that's the problem with Dario is he's a sellsword. He's a former slave who won his freedom out of the fighting pits. There's just no way politically that Danny could marry him. He, now, he could be a paramour, kind of like in Dorne, I guess, but uh, yeah, he's – he he's screwed as far as legitimacy goes. I, I guess. Well, I don't think he wants to. Ma- I think he's happy the way things are. He just doesn't want her to get married. You know what I mean? So like he's fine with just being her booty call. You know her her man and everything. I, mean, I he's comp- and he understands it. But I just don't think she wants. He doesn't want her to get married because of all the implications that causes. You know. So I like well, it. Here, That's just. Me. I really want. I really want to talk about. Uh, we've we've kind of hit. I think, unless you guys can correct me, I think we've hit all the major bases. What I really want to talk about is Stannis marching on Winterfell. I know we talked about him and, and Melisandre and, and Shireen, but we're we're at a point to where he, I, you know, we've got three episodes left. Uh, Stannis has got to make a move. Like forty horses died, more are gonna die in the night. Um, what are we gonna see? Uh, Prediction-wise, I'm going to get from each of you. I'll start with you, Dan. Prediction-wise, what do you think we're going to see with Stannis and his army in the next, in the following, or not the following, the next episodes? All right, uh, my biggest fear is that the show cuts out and we don't get an all-out brawl between Stannis and Ramsay this season. Because mm. I know, not spoiler, but that's that they're leading up to that in the books. They, have, they haven't gotten there yet in the books either. Um, right. I think, like, the natural conclusion of the season would be, like, episode 10 or 9, just a giant battle at Winterfell, sieging, Stannis sees it, sieges the place, uh, Sansa escapes and, like, shows him a secret way in, or Theon shows him something like that, and then the season ends with uh, the Boltons being felled, Stannis raising the red heart banner above the place, Melisandre walking the battles like a boss, and everything's great. Um, I'm a little afraid they are going to slow him down with the blizzard, they're not going to get there, this season, so I'm just waiting with bated breath for it. That's that's. I kind of feel the same way you do, Isis. What do you think? Where do you think Stannis stands now? The Manus. Where do you think he's headed? And do you do you think he's going to end up uh, taking Winterfell before the season's over? Man, I really hope that they get to that because. Um... It would be a grand disappointment this season if we do not, like like Dan was saying, see an all-out brawl, because that's kind of been what's lacking. I mean, we had that in the last episode of last season, and then the episode before that, I think we had the um, um, the fight before that was, what, probably maybe three episodes before the end, so the end of that season. So I'm ready for some action, some fighting, some, you know, especially them walking on Winterfell. Um, I think that if, 
they can wrap up um, uh, Jon Snow getting recruiting those people next, you know, for the next episode, recruiting those people and moving their asses along over to where Stannis is, then we can probably get to an all-out brawl at the end of the season, the last episode of the season. If that can't, ha- if they cannot wrap that up, the next episode. We're screwed. We're not going to – I don't believe that we're going to get a fight because this – if we can wrap it up with Jon Snow getting those people on the freaking boat to Stannis and they arrive to Stannis next, next episode, we wrap up any other dangling episode, you know, other storylines going on on the second to the last episode, and then we have the all-out brawl in, on Winterfell. So – so you think that they need Littlefinger's teleporter to get from hard home yes. over? To yes, yes, they they need that. Like I don't know, you know, if they gotta you know call in some Microsoft points or what the hell they gotta do, but that absolutely needs to happen. Like really, are there like some boats that are you know really really fast or whatever? Um, so yeah, I mean, I really really think that this needs to happen as soon as possible, and hopefully it can. Luke, let me ask you this: Is the season of failure? If we don't have the big showdown, Roos and Ramsey versus Stannis? Um, I don't think that it's a letdown because there are other storylines I think they could maybe wrap up. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. They've been concentrating and talking about the weather and how terrible the weather is and the storm is and all this kind of crap for, I think, is like the third episode in a row that somebody's mentioned it. So I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think that uh, we're going to end with uh, with not having that resolved, or or even start you know starting to happen. I think that they'll probably um, they'll probably end it with something to do with the High Sparrow, and they'll uh, they'll finish off that storyline, or at least you know have some kind of big fight or something. Along those well, lines. you gotta under, you gotta understand. Last season was was such a great season, and not just uh, in action wise, it was acting was fantastic because you had guys like Pedro Pascal, who really set the bar so high for the Sand Snakes that that's probably part of the reason they're failing so hard this season. Uh, but you had the the fight with the Mountain and the Viper, then you had the battle for the Wall, and then you had the final episode where we had skeletons and magical fireballs being thrown. So there was a lot of big things going on towards the end of the last three episodes of season four. And so if they're going to do something big, they need to kick it off next next episode, which, by the way, is Hardhome. And Hardhome is where, I'm telling you guys, shit's going down. Now, as a book reader, I don't know what's going to happen here because all I know is point of views that like things that that were sent in letters to John's. John's not there in the book. So Dan and I are going to be sitting in the same boat as you guys. We don't know what's going to happen. All I can tell you this is from from the rumors and from the from the pictures that I've seen, shit's going down next episode. It's going to be great episode. It's going to be action packed. I would actually Dan, I don't know how you feel about this, but I would be happy if they spent the entire episode at Hard Home. I would hate that. Um because Hardhome's like an add-on, like it didn't really happen in the book. I think it's an excuse to have a fight scene, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fun. I'm more interested elsewhere. Um, ah. I don't think the season would be a failure if they don't get to the Stannis Bolton showdown. Because I mean, like you and I have read the books, we know there is some really good stuff coming that they're gonna pack into these last episodes. We know it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good, you guys. 
but it just would seem like a bit of a waste because they maneuvered all these pieces. Like there's Sansa and Bolton's inside the castle. There's Brienne outside the castle. There's marching toward the castle. It's like they're on a three-point collision course, and it just cut away without resolving any of it would seem disappointing to me. But I have a little doubt they're going to bring it in these last three because there is very big plot points coming that I'm looking forward Huge. to watching. Huge plot points. And if they can put the famous thing on top of that, that would maybe make it just crank it up another notch, which I'd love. If they can put, and, and this is this is just for me, if they can put the Stannis, and this is, I think this is called the Battle of Winter, the, or the Battle of Ice. Battle in the Ice. The Battle in the Ice. If they can do the Battle in, I, in the Ice this season, would still have to do in either, ep, in probably Episode 9. If they're going to have Hard Home Episode 8, We'll have to do a Stannis versus the Boltons in Episode 9, because Episode 10 is going to be so massively epic that you can't end it any other way than it was ended in The Dance with Dragons. So I'm looking forward to how it's going to end. There's going to be so many things that people are going to be talking about. Uh, the actor who plays Pod was on the Game of Thrones uh, uh, Game ca- Thrones cast on Atlantic Sky Atlantic, and he said that that episode 10 will break the internet. So, uh, looking forward to big things coming in the next three weeks. So, we're going to end it here, guys, and I want to say a special thanks to our special guest, Dan, our editor-in-chief over at Winter is Coming. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. You have any last words, Dan? Uh, stay in school. <laughs> Don't do drugs. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was fun. Uh, I'm glad to have you. You can come back anytime. And uh, Isis, uh, give me give me a send off. Well, uh, I will see you guys again on uh, my tweet live tweeting of Game of Thrones. So if you want to join me, add me as a follow, uh, and you can see my crazy gifts and my commentary as I drink my way through. Uh, most of Game of Thrones, <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at i j a m e l t o n, or you can also follow me on Tumblr at superhero dash almighty isis. Not the terrorist group, superhero. I can confirm she is a hilarious follow, especially on nights like uh, Game of Thrones and Outlander and stuff like that. She's she's hilarious on live tweeting, so give her a follow and she'll interact with you actually. And then yeah, if you tweet got, me, I'm actually you know I'm not a snob. I will tweet you back. The guy who is a snob is Turner Luke on Twitter at Turner Luke. You got he's it. He, get, he's still trying to get verified, y'all. He's still trying to get verified, <laughs> and he will not interact with you because he does not like you. Nope won't interact at all <laughs> and you can find me on twitter at house underscore razor you can find my articles on winter is coming along with dan's as well and um that is it for tonight's podcast thank you for joining us and we will talk to you next week love you